Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Now, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Well, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. On Palm Sunday, we didn't get the king we expected. On Good Friday, we got nothing that we expected. And now, on this Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene didn't find what she expected. But notice when this story is happening. On the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Like twice in John's gospel, Jesus has said these words, I am the light of the world. But right now, it's dark. And once again, the gospel story becomes our story. It's still dark. Have you ever lost someone? Do you know someone who has? Like, when we meet someone grieving, have you ever noticed how we often lie to them? And we say things like this, I can't even imagine what you're going through. But it's not true. It's not that we can't imagine what they're going through. It's that we don't want to. It's too scary for us. Like we hate the dark, even though we know it's there, because we know that 100% of us don't make it out alive. It was still dark. But it's not just in our ability to breathe that we lose life. <laughs> Ironically, life is a series of losses, a series of deaths, losses of loves and of friendships and of careers, of youth, of health, of happiness, of even dreams. And then there's this past year. Separation, tension, fear, conspiracy, ignorance, loss of traditions, loss of hope, loss of loved ones, loss of faith. It was still dark. Like all of these losses, all of these deaths are somehow summarized in this moment, this story of Mary on her way to a tomb in the dark. Like whatever Mary's story was or whatever your story is, she isn't expecting the tomb to be empty. She knew to expect the opposite. She knows how the story goes. We know the way life is headed. We know how it ends for everyone. A tomb filled with death. 
But this tomb is empty. But because it's still dark, she reaches the wrong conclusion. Someone has stolen the body. It's the only normal, sensible solution. It's the only thing that makes sense. And then we have this sequence of running, a lot of running around resurrection. Mary runs to Peter. Peter and the beloved disciple seem to get involved in some sort of race. There's running backwards and forwards, and they return to the tomb, and they see grave linen. Now, ordinarily, this linen is wrapped around the body as, as, a, as part of the burial process. But they're, they've not been kind of, well, who steals a body but unwraps it first? These grave linen are sort of lying there as if the body that was in them has simply ceased to be there. This is not a theft. This is not what we expected. But God is apparently doing something in the dark that no one expected. God is working in the dark. Resurrection happens in the dark. But, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Like, we know how the world works. A hundred percent of us don't make it out alive. The trajectory of the world is life to death. It's just how it goes. Or is it? Is that how it goes? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a fan of chili. Not that strange congealment of ground beef and corn that has a vague hint of paprika to it that gets often served up as chili, but Mexican and Texan chilies made with quality ingredients. And I love to find new recipes. And I can talk about cilantro and methods for cooking beans and matching up your chili peppers. But there's one thing that's consistent in really good chili. And it's this, that every ingredient in it comes from something that was once alive. Which incidentally is why you should never buy chili in a gas station, because I'm not quite sure it fits that bill. <laughs> but here's what happens. You eat the chili. You take things that were alive but are now dead, and here's the magic. That those things which were alive and are now dead, when you take them into you, they bring life to you. Like there's deep theological truth in a lesson about chili. Because there's deep theological truth about how the world actually works. And Jesus told it to us before. In John chapter 12 and verse 24, he says, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it springs up and produces many seeds. Like Jesus is saying, this is how the world works. It's not life to death, but death to life. Resurrection is coded into the world. It's in the DNA from the beginning. There's hints of it everywhere. We just forget it in the dark. But while it's dark, while dark is happening all around us, Something else is going on. The seed that is dead in the ground is changing and growing because life is happening. So the disciples go down into the empty tomb and they see empty grave clothes. And then there's this beautiful line where it says, the beloved disciple he saw and believed. Like, what did he see? 
at one level. He saw nothing. <laughs> there was nothing there. Jesus wasn't there. And yet he saw everything. The absence of Jesus led him to believe and trust in Jesus. In the dark, he saw nothing, yet believed in Jesus, light of the world. Like resurrection calls us to believe, to trust while it's still dark. And this is important for us in 2021. Because our model of life is so often, well, everything will be okay in the morning. It'll all eventually be okay. We kind of assume that everything just pauses overnight, that everything just stops. We close our eyes, it goes dark, and we wait until the morning. But the resurrection of Jesus, it happened in the dark. It happened at nighttime. Like God is working in the darkness. God is working in your darkness. God is working in all of our darknesses. Like if we believe in resurrection, then we know that God is present even in the dark. So we don't need to run from the difficulty or deny the difficulty. The unexpected thing is that God might be present to us all in the midst of it. Like whether it's COVID that has brought you chaos this past year, or divorce, bankruptcy, loss, addiction, anger, like whatever it is, God is still working in the dark. But this story, again, leaves us with a question. The story is actually framed in captures between two thoughts. It opens with the comment, the first day of the new week. It closes with the disciples just going back to their houses. The first day of a new week, they just went back to their houses. The opening line is loaded with significance in this gospel. The Gospel of John starts with a reminder of the creation story. The first week, God's word comes alive. On the sixth day of the Bible's creation story, what does God do? He creates humans. And the night before Jesus dies, Pilate proclaims, behold the human. The night before Sabbath, before the day of rest. Chapter 19 ends on day seven, the Sabbath, with Jesus resting, well, dead in the tomb. And then chapter 20, where we are right now, the resurrection story. But something's changed, something's different, something new has happened. It's not like the old week, the old creation story. Because that creation story seemed to be working a particular way that ended in death. But now this is a new week. It's not life to death anymore. It's beginning in death, but moving to life because this is resurrection. This is a new creation. This is the first day of a new week. And that's where the question comes in. Faced with the opportunity of new, the opportunity of resurrection, what do we do? Like the disciples, the disciples just went home. Like it's the first day of a new week. Resurrection has happened. God is working, not just in the dark, but now through into something new. And, and they just went home. 
And we can all do that easily. Like, I can't wait for things to get back to normal, we say. But resurrection invites us never backwards, never back to normal, because normal was wrong. Normal was upside down. Normal was life to death. Resurrection invites us forward into something new, into something different. Back to normal ignores everything that God has been doing in the dark. Life is not going the way you wanted it right now, and that is true for all of us. You're not alone in that. It's all different for all of us. But resurrection happened, and it's happening. And while we can yearn for things to return to normal, or we can lean into a hope, yearn for the old or lean into a hope, a trust that even though it's difficult right now, God, God is still working. The resurrection happened at night. There was no one there. By the time everybody got there, Jesus was gone. God doesn't need an audience. God doesn't need a crowd to work. He can be working in the pitch dark of the night. The rising sun, the rising sun only revealed what God had already done. So this whole resurrection story is an invitation. It's an invitation to trust the God who works in the dark. And regardless of what your dark is, God is working in it, even when you can't see. In his great epistle to the Romans in chapter 8, St. Paul said it in a slightly different way, but it says the same thing. Paul says, nothing can separate us from God's love. And the Greek word there that we translate nothing literally means nothing. So this probably shouldn't surprise us, because if we have a God who can work resurrection in the dark, there's not much going to get in his way. Of course, the story doesn't actually end there. The disciples go home. It's a new week. Resurrection has come upon us. Something different is happening. The clocks have changed. Now we work from death to life, and the disciples, they go home. Like, they, they go home? But Mary Magdalene, she stays a little longer. She hangs out in the dark just a little bit longer. And you know what happens, right? She meets Jesus. She encounters resurrection. And she sees that everything's different. So here's my invitation for you this Resurrection Sunday. Hang around a little longer. Like perhaps you need to explore. Perhaps you need to think. Perhaps you need to reflect. Perhaps you should join one of our Alpha courses here at WKC. They're starting really soon, and they give you a safe space to explore and learn about Jesus as you just hang around a little longer. Or register for one of our short circles this month, all of which connect in some way to what I'm talking about in this teaching. All you need to do is go to wkc.org alpha or wkc.org circles, and you can find space to just explore and hang out 
longer in this story. Resurrection, kind of like life, isn't always what we expect. Regardless, may you come to know that in the dark, God is working. May you remember that in the dark of the soil, the dead seed is growing new life. And may you, like many around the world this Easter, find trust, faith, and hope to say the great Easter blessing. Hallelujah. Christ is risen, knowing that he is risen indeed. Resurrection has happened. It was unexpected, but everything is different. Let us pray. Lord of life, firstborn of the dead, we awake this morning to the astonishment of your resurrection. Hearts have been heavy for far too long, but let us be given over now to the gut-busting joy of new life, unexpected gifts the surprise of resurrection in the deadest of places. We cannot understand how it happens or even fully what it means, but we do not come to you looking for explanations. We come hungry for joy, ready for awe, and desperate for Easter hope. So baptize us in wonder once again, risen God. Amen. And may his grace and peace be with you this Easter.